You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, man. Left side carry on, picks up a block, at the five, at the two, at the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Caught! Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny Galladay, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions! Drink it in, Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid Drinkers Friday. We are here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is your boy, Oakry. You can find me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K, O-K-R-I-E. Bringing you two Kool-Aid casts a week, as well as you can find the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions show that drops Thursday mornings with me and the one and only Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades, is in the house. But... Unfortunately, I don't have a legend like Benny Blades. All I got here on a Friday on the Kool-Aid cast is, huh, Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> hey, man, I'm a legend in my own mind. Come on. Oh, there's, there's Jack no of trades, master of your own. <laughs> That's a bell for well, that. Let's start with, yeah, once again, it's, it's Friday, so it's going to be the weather report. Man, it was so hot this week, but it's going to be nice this weekend. You know, we're talking mid-70s and sunny. So once again, you know, um, it would be a good uh, weekend with everything going on to stay in your house and just look out the window at the sun. So uh, do that to stay safe. But uh, as always, TJF, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Griff, could, did you tell people to stay in the house? Because for weeks you've been telling them to go mingle and go hang out with their neighbors and throw parties and take their kids out to the park when, you know, we're still supposed to be social distance and, and being careful, yet you're out just mingling in all your functions that you go to. Yep, just uh, stay in the house where it's uh, already cool because you've had your air conditioning on because it's so freaking hot outside. <laughs> I have been. I've become a, an air conditioned guy, unfortunately. I don't know if the bill's going to come in that pretty. But yeah, when it's up in the 90s, I got to kick the AC on. And I got to kick the AC on uh, for a podcast like this because I know on a Friday, you're probably going to bring me some stuff that's going to get me hot. It's going to get me heated, so I got to cool myself down and just uh, take a few breaths and know that it's going to be okay. We're going to have a fun show today. I don't know what Griffith has up his sleeve. We had a good show on Wednesday. If you didn't hear that, go back and listen to the Potato Chip Challenge. Me and Griff could talk in projections, predictions for the Detroit Lions over unders, and uh, we talked about lots of other things, serious and otherwise, on that show. So please go give that a listen on the archives, and if you really want to go back, it's really fun to go back and listen to shows from six months ago, a year ago. I know some people will dive back into like our draft coverage, you know, six months after the fact. It's fun to hear what we were thinking the day after the NFL draft or after the Lions lose to whoever they lost to last year. Quite a few L's, unfortunately, but not this year. So, Grifka, it's Friday. You talked about weather. You said TGIF. What else we got here on the show? As always, I mean, you know, we always have a bunch of things, but the first thing I want to bring to mind, I don't know if this is going to make you angry or not, but it was announced that the first couple home games this year that the Lions would not have fans. So once again, I mean, me and you were planning on going to the Bears game, and then they were kind of, you were like, well, you know, if you have to social distance, wear a mask, I don't want to go anyway. So um, do you think that will help or hurt the Lions with the first couple home games? 
not having fans because what they have the bears coming in the first week and then they have a couple road games and then they have the saints coming into town. So, uh, how, how do you think that'll all play out? Grifka, this is normally where I ask this a real question, but I won't do it this week because I knew you'd ask me this. I think you've asked me this multiple times now about what would I think about fans? Would I go to a game where there was less fans? Do I think there'd be an advantage if there's fans or no fans? We've talked about this, and I told you, like, I'm not going to really know what it feels like until I see. I don't know what an NFL game is going to feel like with nobody in the stands. Like, I feel like the other NF, uh, NBA and, and hockey, like... I haven't even watched much of it, but when I do, it's sort of like, okay, it's just the game's going on. They've got the seats covered up. They've got a whole bunch of LED boards going crazy and, and other types of things going on. I, I don't really notice it. I mean, football, yeah. I mean, you love the Lions uh Ford Field when they're 5-0 and and the place is rowdy on a Monday night, but... You know, it's a, it's a dead zone, too, when they're losing games in December and we've had some down seasons here. So my whole thought is I got to see it. But I also think that everybody knows this year's crazy and the Lions have such a good offense coming back. It's probably going to help the offense. I mean, can you imagine just sitting there barking out uh, orders and, and changing stuff up and running it like it's seven on seven or 11 on 11 drill? That's what it's going to feel like for these quarterbacks. Um, and yeah, the, the defense is going to get that pumped up from the crowd, but they'll also be able to communicate better and, and do some things. So it's going to come down to who the heck can execute, um, who, who knows that, Hey, you're not going to have a fan cheering you. You might not have the crazy music or different things going on, but you just got to go out there and play football and, and execute. And I think it's actually an opportunity for the Detroit lions, a team that, you know, like I said, doesn't always have the greatest crowd if they're not, you know, on top of the world winning and, you know, can just come in and focus on football and actually probably pull out some of these games. I mean, I was looking at the schedule the other day, Chicago at Green Bay with no fans at Arizona, probably with no fans and then back home against the Saints with nobody there. I mean, there's some there's some decent teams in there, but also like because it's sterile environment, I, I, I'm not scared. Like, oh, man, we got to. We got to deal with the uh, pack fans or, you know, like I feel like it's just going to level the playing field a little bit and I'm actually excited to see it. I'm excited to sit here in my sweatpants and with my food and be able to just soak in all these games and do my work for pro football focus and just enjoy football for what it is in 2020. And then like you say, when they open it back up and it's safe and everything's good to go, I'm sure me and you will be back at a game or so a season. I'll have to put up with your negativity uh, right next to me where I want to just slug you in the chest. But uh, for this, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I also just need to see it and feel it. And, and it's, you know, some places are going to have fans. Is that going to be a competitive advantage? Is it not? I mean, I really don't know till I see it. But I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Well, I, I don't think the uh, Bears game is going to matter as much. I mean, it's a division game. And we see that team twice a year and you know how to play against them, what they can do. I mean, that team just ain't that great anyways. And, you know, I don't care who's under center, if it's Mitch or if it's, you know, Nick Foles, Mr. One Year, and everybody keeps on giving this guy big money to suck. You know, I think they'll beat them. But New Orleans, that's going to be a tough game with no fans. I mean, I think you would really need the crowd up there to pump up that defense. Let's face it, I mean, Drew Brees is getting long long in the tooth, but he's still a dang good player, and that's still a great offense. So I think the Bears game is not, not so much, and I think the Lions, you know, they can that one, win that one straight up. But I, I think it's really going to hurt them a little more without uh, any fans there for the New Orleans game. I mean, like you said, it's probably no big deal, you know, having to go out to Green Bay with no fans or Arizona. I mean, I mean yeah, Arizona's like, you know, we don't live out west, so I don't think they have that great a fan base to begin with. But still, I mean – that's one of those things I think it's going to hurt him more in the New Orleans game than it will the Chicago game. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Uh, Grifka, you're the only person I think I know that says long in the tooth. No, Nobody else says that. I know it's a phrase. I know what the phrase means, so don't give me some big lecture. But nobody else in 2020 says long long in the tooth as, as much as you do. You work it in almost every show. I have to give you one of these. <laughs> Grifka. It's, it's a good cliche to use, man. <laughs> it's better than saying, he's old. He old. <laughs> yeah, so. I l- let me ask you this before you move on. You know, you probably got some riveting topics you want to ask me about next, but Grifka, l- let me do a little two-minute rant on the Arizona freaking Cardinals. These guys are getting so much love. I swear, everybody acts like Kyler Murray is the next MVP candidate that's going to just revolutionize the game. 
I mean, I watched this guy last year. He's tiny. He's inaccurate. He didn't even seem like he cared most times when I saw him play. He's just slinging the ball, like terrible fundamentals. You know, okay, he ran a couple times. Good for him. He's going to get killed one of these times running. Okay, you added DeAndre Hopkins. Congratulations. Like, last time I checked, your defense is not good. You have some other receivers that I like, like Christian Kirk and whatnot, but everybody loves Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake got cut by the Dolphins a few years ago, and everybody acted like he was almost out of football. And and now he's the, the next coming, the fantasy football savior for the Arizona Cardinals. Like, I got no worries about going down to the big toaster oven in Arizona and, and laying the smack it down on the little mighty mouse back there at quarterback and just double-teaming DeAndre Hopkins all day and telling somebody else to beat us. I mean, give me a break with that. I mean, I know you like to go on rants about Aaron Rodgers and stuff, but I'm just looking at that Arizona game and all these people acting like the Arizona Cardinals are going to win the division or somebody was even, was it Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football? Well, that, they're a Super Bowl candidate. Really? The Arizona Cardinals? Because last time I checked, they're going to probably be the Cleveland Browns this year where they're getting a bunch of love and they're going to have a couple stumbling blocks and the next thing you know, a bunch of excuses on why they went, you know, five, six wins, seven at best. You know what I mean? That's where I see that team. So get out of here with that. I'm looking at the whole Lions schedule. Jacksonville, really? You know, oh, we got we got Indy come in, Washington, you know, uh, all these teams. Like, we got a good schedule, man, for for some parts, and, and we got some tough games. But Lions, I'm telling you, with a sterile environment, going to come in and, and whoop up on some teams that they normally wouldn't, maybe in a, in a crazy normal football year. So I can't wait for the season. Um. Just a side note, I mean, I, I really like your take on Kyler Murray. I never thought he would be that great, and I don't know why he's getting all this public. He's going to be like the next thing. But So you agree? Yeah, I agree with you. That <laughs> I don't think he's that great. But then for all the love, for all the hate that you give Kyler Murray, you give so much love to the crappy Baker Mayfield. Like he's like so awesome. Like he's like, you know, the second coming of Bernie Kosar or whoever in, Green- in Cleveland. It's just like, face it, dude, that guy sucks. Okay. I mean, oh, I got wrapped up in the chaos. No, dude, you just suck. That's all it is to it. Okay, Baker, you can stop saying some chaos of, you know, the nightlife of Cleveland or whatever. Like, oh, my you know, gosh. You guys were on, you know, you know, whatever, two years ago on HBO or, but, you know, inside the helmet. I don't care. It's like, dude, you suck. Okay. Face it. You had all those weapons and you suck. So, I don't know. This is like the third show in a row. Last week you did it. I didn't have the sound bite. Wednesday, I let you work this in so I could play the sound bite. Now you're trying to to shoe in the soundbite again here on a Friday, just because it's your favorite bit that we play because you were actually correct in 2019. And now you're going to ride it to the bank. This guy's never going to have a good season. I mean, do you really want me to play it that bad? Do you really want me to do it? Well, you can, but I mean, this was once again, it's easy pickings, man. This is, it's like low hanging fruit to say that, you know, that, you know, Baker Mayfield was going to suck. Like everybody knew it, but you, I mean, it's just for some odd reason you were like, no, he's going to be, no, everybody knew he sucked. So, I mean, it is, it's low hanging fruit. I like it when you play it because yeah, I like patting myself on the back that way, but uh, come on, man. We all knew he, he blew. I think you were the only one last year that was down on this guy. Everyone else had him at the top of the fantasy rankings, thought he was going to blow up. He had a great season the year prior as a rookie, but you came out with this take. I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there. Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. <laughs> okay, Grifka, so you marked it down in 2019. You were right. Last time I looked, the guy was a winner at every level. He's never been given any credit. He won the Heisman. He came in as a rookie, set, what, the rookie touchdown record. And and he's probably going to have a great 2020. And then I'm going to throw this soundbite in your face every week just to get back at you and even the score a little bit. Cause just cause you were right once, I mean, gosh, what a blind squirrel finds a nut. I mean, come on, congratulate. You got one thing correct. And now we got to play the bit every week when you want to get a little uh, kudos, as you would say, can, can we move on talk some lions? We can, but everybody on Twitter that I know at, you know, cause everybody follows me at Grifka DKC <laughs> knows I'm correct. And they love that take. So that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. If you say so. <laughs> Okay, uh, next question for you. Um, there's a you know once again we've all seen the articles. You know Kenny Galladay wants you know get it done. Wants to stay here in Detroit, and uh, we know there's a certain price limit that you're looking for him at. Where you would where you would sign him at? Anything north of that? You know I believe he's getting 17 mil north. You wouldn't take him at that price. Do you think there's any chance that Kenny Galladay, since he likes it here so much, he's productive? 
he'll give maybe the Detroit hometown discount, or do you think it's you know money talks and whoever the highest bidder is? Oh, people, Grifka, is this a real question, really? Yeah, because I love your Kenny Galladay takes. <laughs> I feel like this is another I know repeat. Deep down you're hoping. I know you're hoping he goes cheap. You know, I, I know because you like him so much. You're like, gosh, please go cheap. I will pay you $1 million in a bag of chili cheese Fritos and, or whatever. Is this your your sheet of questions from like the last couple months of shows that you're just recycling? Because we've, we've talked about this a million times too. But, I mean, I, I will give you my I just answer. Want to know if you get, we've never talked about hometown discount. Because <laughs> obviously everyone I'm reading now is like he really likes it here and he really wants to stay. And so those people are like, well, maybe he'll take a discount which I don't think he will. Somebody's going to give him 17 mil north, which I just want to know. He's like, you think he would take a discount or it's all going to be uh, all about the Benjamins. <sighs> all right, Griffco, we'll, we'll get into Kenny Galladay again. But before we do that, I got to sell you out, which I, I've been known to do on the show. So I asked you before the show to put down some notes for me on, on a couple things you wanted to talk about. And I saw that you put this down about Kenny Galladay hometown discount. Griffco, you, you tout yourself as the, the delicate genius on the show, right? The uh, educated, unbelievably smart person that reads books and, and knows all these stupid phrases that nobody else either says or knows. You, that's you, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I looked at your notes, and you had Kenny Galladay spelled G-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. I mean, uh, he's, a guy, he's a guy on our team. You would think you would know the spelling of his simple last name. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I was typing fast at work today. <laughs> All right. I knew that was going to be some type of excuse, but I had to sell out the people that Grifka can't spell Galladay yet. He's acing the wonder lick here on the, on the show when I, when I drop it on him and he also can't name anybody in the senior bowl yet. Then he gets all these stupid books and other stats, right. That he wants to tout on the show. So, all right, let, let me get to your question. Now that I've totally sold you out to the people. I'm Kenny okay Galladay. People make mistakes. <laughs> That's what erasers are for. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, when they're ridiculous like that, I got to make fun of you on the show. It's kind of what I do. It's part of my gimmick. Um, yeah, so <laughs> can, that's cool. I can live with it. It's no different Gall- than you saying how great Baker Mayfield was. Galladay with an and I, people. Griffka DKC. Baker find Mayfield, him on Twitter. next Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back back to Kenny Galladay about this hometown discount. You always, oh, you see, I want him to come cheap. We've had this talk before about like. I just think his price tag is getting way out of whack because I, I've done my fantasy rankings. I could do my just best receivers in the game. I can't get Kenny Galladay in the top 10. I really can't unless I want to go you know, straight up Detroit Kool-Aid and pour myself a big old glass. Drink it in, man. I mean, other than that, I can't get him in the top 10 or 12, even though he's tremendous for this football team. So will Kenny Galladay take a hometown discount? I mean... I don't think so in regards to like, you know, what he's going to be looking for. But I also don't think that the market would be as robust as you and other people think that people are just going to be fawning over Kenny Galladay. Oh man, let's just give him 18 to $20 million a year. Like I don't see it. You know what I mean? I, I feel like he'd go out there and people are like, yeah, you're a good receiver. And yeah, you're, you're, you're big tall and been improving every year and can go get the jump ball. But I mean, you're not you're not the elite of the elite, so I don't think he'll take a hometown discount. I also don't know that if the Lions are going to just outright pay him. If I had to guess right now, I think the Lions will pay him more than I would want over a four or five year deal, whatever they end up working out, and more in the range like you're saying. I would assume it's going to come out to be somewhere in that upper range that to me is too much for other people. It's just like, I'll pay him whatever. We'll figure it out later. Um, but if they do that, he better up his game a little bit more, continue to get better and be an absolute dominant, legit number one. You know, he's a number one. I don't like when people say, oh, he's a number one for the Lions, but that's sort of how I feel about Kenny right now. He's a really great player, a great character, but I also think that he's not, you put him on another team with a really good receiver. He's a number two, you know, you put him on a team with a bunch of scrubs, like or even marginal players, yeah, he can be a one, but he's not a one that you come in and game plan for. He's not a one that you just fear every play, every snap. So if he gets to that level, you know, he'll justify the contract. If they pay him 18 plus million dollars and he's just a a really good player, an ascending player on on a team with other good offensive talent, then it's an overpay to me. So 
Kenny's not taking a hometown discount. I don't know if the Lions are going to pay the premium, but I think they will, and I think it could happen in the next couple weeks. I'm not going to hate it. I'm not going to sit here and try to prove myself right and say, oh, they just overpay it. I hate this signing. Like, I'll be fine if they just do what they have to do to get him locked up, but I just don't know if he's going to reach that ultimate elite top five, top eight receiver level you know we'll wait and see he's got to take it up another tick or two and then he'll be there but he's he's not there right now and he's being said he's going to be paid as a absolute game changer you know top five player at the position and i just don't see it right now as well, let much me as i love the guy that, uh, question for a second <laughs> thought you um, might yeah so you said on some teams he would definitely be the number two give me like just six other guys if you paired him with him he's going to be the the number two guy you know just right off the top of your head i mean i know yeah. there's a few you can name but give me give me six <laughs> yeah. you said can't put him in the top 10 you're having a hard time putting him in the top 12 so yeah. you should have six guys off the top of your head you're like these guys if he wasn't he'd be the number two yeah it's easy i mean new orleans uh, he's gonna be the two behind mike mike thomas you go to atlanta he's behind julio uh, you know, I, I don't think he has the physical traits or the abilities like Tyreek Hill does, even though I think Tyreek Hill can get lost, you know, when it comes to certain games, but he can also take over games with a with one play. I mean, you got that guy in Cleveland. His name is Odell Beckham Jarvis Jr. Landry? Yeah, yeah he's Jarvis a, Landry. Okay. Yeah, Jarvis might be better than Kenny, too, right now when you really break it down the way he's he better than Odell that. Beckham, too. So yeah, I don't think so. Um, so uh, yeah, he does. He he he's he would be behind Hopkins. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm trying to think of the the other top guys off my head. I mean, you're I I went on a little rant on one of my fantasy articles about everybody has Devonte Adams as the number two overall receiver in fantasy, but this guy's never he's had a thousand yards once in his whole life. So Devonte Adams is a good player on that team, but I mean he's. Kenny's probably better than him um, in some aspects of his game. Um, let me see. Who else, who else can I think off the top of my head? Um, what am I at, five there? Yeah, and like two of them are very debatable, and Tyree Kill and Odell Beckham, one catch junior. <laughs> oh, please. Let, bag. let me let me just pull it, pull something up real quick just so I can see the names because there's about six, seven other guys that I would just take over him, not even in fantasy football. But I mean, I like, I mean when you're talking, I like Hopkins. I like that one right there. You know, I totally agree with you there. Julio Jones, I gotcha. You know, I'm in agreement with you there. Um, I mean, I, like you said, I, I think him and Devontae Adams are in the same bucket. I don't know why. Adam, I think Adams gets love because he plays in Green Bay. And, you know, obviously the trophy's named after the coach, so they're going to get every freaking call. Um, I mean, really, I mean, some people may argue Amari Cooper. You know, I, you know so that could be one. Why, that, why, that why would they Why say. would they say Amari Cooper, Grifka? Why would that be? Well, Amari Cooper is good. Plus, he plays for the Cowboys, so they get a lot of love. And like Amari Cooper said, we're on TV every week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Grifka, I'm just looking at it. I mean, when you're talking about just talent or guys that are on the field, I mean, again, I'm throwing in the mix there. If I had my choice of Chris Godwin or Kenny, I'm probably taking Godwin. I like Mike really? Evans. You're taking Chris Godwin? Yeah. I mean, Have you watched Chris uh, okay. Godwin ever? He's freaking incredible. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched Chris Godwin ever, and you, like, proclaim how Kenny Galladay doesn't do it for a number of years. Chris Godwin had, like, one year, and all of a sudden he's just like – Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Chris Godwin. Okay. Yeah, Cause the guy's That's like 22, 23 years old. He's on the come up and he's a slot guy that can't be covered. He's on Mike... the come up and he's had one year. Okay. So, okay. So your slot guy, Chris, how many years is he supposed to have when he's 23? What's he supposed to have six years under his belt? And he's you're going to take this guy already. What's what's again, he's been around for like half a day and you're like giving this guy like, Oh, Chris Godwin's better. No, he's t- not, Chris Godwin would not be a number one in front of Kenny Galladay, especially as a slot receiver. Your slot is never your number one. You're asking okay. me. You're asking me who I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking Mike Evans over me, Kenny Galladay. You told I'm me taking, teams. He would be the number two. Yeah. And I'm like, he, name six guys. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is, is the, the two. And you named Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you named Odell one catch Beckham. And now you're bringing up Chris Godwin. Yes. Because come on, man. Because Kenny Galladay yeah. is probably the three on Tampa Bay when when you break it down. Because I like Mike Evans I, better I'll than take Kenny. Mike Evans. But I'm taking Chris Godwin. I will take Mike Evans, yeah. but I'm not the, taking Chris Godwin. The reason Godwin. you don't take Chris Godwin is because you live in the past. You're not looking towards what Chris Godwin's about to do with Tom Brady. I would got not you. be a number – Chris Godwin would not be the number one. 
in front of Kenny Galladay. That wouldn't happen. Mike Evans would. Come on, Derek. You're better than that. Come on, man. Come I'm take, on, man. I'm, I'm taking Juju over Kenny. I'm t- I might even really? take. You're taking Juju. Uh, you're taking Juju? No really? doubt. Juju. No doubt. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> the guy The guy had one good year when there was another wide receiver there. Uh, come on, man. Jeez, now you're just grasping at straws, man. You're no. like just making yourself look stupid. People hit people. People hit Derek up on Twitter about how bad his picks are on this juju and, and you know Chris Godwin. Because come on, man. Come on, <laughs> please, son. please, God, please find me like, out. Must have talked about the love. I mean, at least throw guys out there that are really good. Not, gosh, dude. Drive, Dude, you drive me freaking bonkers. <laughs> Grifka, don't don't try to use your own soundbite on me and do the manual version. I had to because I... I know you weren't going to find it. <laughs> I got I got it right here because you're doing this to me right now. That drives me freaking bonkers. I'm asking you, Grifka. Grifka, hey Grifka. What the hell are you doing? You're you're sitting here drinking that Detroit Kool Aid. Drink it in, uh... which I often do, and I'm sitting here telling you. Who's the guy that knew Kenny Galladay first? Who's the guy that comes on here and says how good Kenny Galladay is, how much he likes him? And then when you start comparing him to all those players I mentioned, if we're having a draft and I'm sitting there at the board, as much as I like Kenny Galladay and what he brings to the table, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Juju. I'm taking Godwin for his upside. I'm taking all these other players that are already established more so than what I think Kenny can do uh, on a basis. I know people hate that, but I, I see a ceiling of right about where he's at now, 1,200 yards and 6 to 10 touchdowns. I don't see 1,500 yards. I don't see 12-plus uh, touchdowns from this guy on an annual basis. I feel like he's almost at the peak or kind of as good as it gets with him, what we saw basically last year other than you know maybe taking one more little tick up. So, yeah, these other guys have unlimited upside. You can c- kill the guys that you you hate, but Odell Beckham's had lots of better years than Kenny Galladay, at least two to three seasons better than he has in statistical basis. Yeah, he's been hurt a little bit, but he's still a more dynamic football player. Then you got the top four guys I already mentioned, which are no-brainers, and then you got these under-the-radar guys who I know you won't understand that are good until like three years from now when they've been blowing up for three years in a row, and you'll be like, Oh man, Chris Godwin just went off for fifth, you know, thirteen plus hundred yards the last three years with with Tom Brady and company. Like, man, I guess I was wrong on the guy, but you don't see it now because he only had one season. In your opinion, the guy's a stud. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to tell you to write that down too, but there's no way Kenny Galladay as a number two wide receiver behind Chris Godwin. Okay, that that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, like I said, right. I would take Mike Evans. I, I could live with that argument. I could. I'd be like, okay, I got you, man. Good pick. But you're going to throw out Chris Godwin first. First of all, you're taking Chris Godwin over Mike Evans off Tampa Bay. I mean, so, okay. Okay. I, I, yeah, okay. Because you wanted me to name guys right now. Like Mike Evans has had, what, six, seven years of 1,000 yards. He's sort of on that back end. Chris Godwin is that ascending player, just like Juju is, where, okay, yeah, maybe they had a little stumbling block, and so Grifka wrote him off. But I already put Chris Godwin number two in my wide receiver rankings. He's going to be incredible this year. And then you're going to know it next year. You're going to be like, oh, man, I guess I should have been on the come up. But you weren't. You'd be late to the game like you are almost everything else. Why why do you love Kenny Galladay so much? Because I told you he was going to be good three years ago. I told you Kenny Kenny Galladay was going to be good after his rookie year. He can still be number one. He can still be number one when when defenses are rolling two and stuff like that. He's not even going to he's not going to like be lost in the sauce. But you can say, oh, they had they had a bad tick with Juju. No, Juju had somebody else take pressure off him. So when that happens, those guys need to step up, and he didn't. No matter who the quarterback was, and and you know, you're at the slot. You know, with Chris God with Chris Godwin, you're telling me if Mike Evans wasn't there to take some of that pressure to the outside, this stuff's not going to be there over the middle. I mean, come on, man. It's I'm, just because yeah, they got other stud wide receivers. Now, if Chris Godwin was like the legitimate number one where all the coverage is rolled to him, you think he'd be as good? Same can be said for Kenny Galladay. He's got weapons all over the place, so he's not seeing crazy coverage all day, every day until this year. He's probably going to see more. And Chris got you're talking about talent. I know you said number one, whatever you called it. I was giving you basically like talented players that I think have maybe either bigger upside or that would probably take over no, you Kenny Galladay if no, I'm paying I asked him. You, I asked you. You said there would be plenty of teams where he would be the number two with somebody else. I go, okay, give me six guys that he would be the number two behind. And you gave me Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, and Odell Beckham. Now you're like, oh, Odell. You, you, you talk about Mike Evans been doing it seven years. Odell has been around just as long as him. But all of a sudden – but you like the guy because he got blonde hair and he's flashy – I mean, all that guy's all sizzle, no steak, man. 
but you you love on that guy so much. It's like that's what I'm talking about. It's just come Chris, on, uh, man. I I know we gotta keep this show moving, but yes, please do because I know everybody hates us talking about Odell Beckham. <laughs> well, why why would you just write off Tyreek Hill though, one of the most special talents in the game, electric speed, and you just write him off? Why? Because he's not your typical receiver that you watch in the '80s. This guy is like a freaking dynamo on that team, especially with that offense. Yeah, Kenny Galladay comes in, you put Tyreek Hill next to him. The number one option on play is going to be Tyreek Hill running 50 yards down the field, not Kenny running, you know, 15 yard square ins. Like, so I'm sorry number, to break it to you. The number one option is going to be guys running go routes. Yes, because Tyreek Hill is a special talent. He's a guy that you can't find anyone faster than him in the game. Kenny Golly doesn't do things that are better than everyone else. That's the reason I'm not willing that's to like pay saying, him like that's everybody like people else. Going, How come Usain Bolt doesn't play football? He's faster than everybody. No, it's, just, it's nothing dude, like you that. You can take away a go route. Go routes are easy to take away. I mean, if that's your whole route tree is just running a go route, you know. Oh, this I is the same bullcrap you said about you said about Metcalf, and then he went and blew up because why? He's faster and bigger than everyone, and Tyreek Hill is just straight up faster and better than everyone when it comes to that offense and that game. So yeah, he's going to be the number one almost no matter who's there because he does things that nobody else can do on the football field. Let's keep it moving. He's there because he's there because Travis Kelsey takes pressure down low because they can't, they have to leave the safety down low to cover him. They can't, if he, if he wasn't there, Tyreek Hill can't just go run a 50 yard go because they're going to leave the safety back there. Then it's just a jump ball all day. And Tyreek Hill ain't winning a jump ball. So, well, every season he not only gets open, but he puts up crazy stats and, and Kenny's put up some good stats, but I'm just telling you, he's not, he's not the elite of the elite. And I love the guy and I hope that he balls out, but we keep having this argument and I can look at my list here and see 10 names that I think are just more of a special talent or in better situations or have bigger upside. I'm going to take those players over Kenny Galladay, who's good in Detroit, but what would he be if he was on a team with nobody else or a worse quarterback? quarterback like maybe not as good either so you can do that all day every day Let, let's let's keep it moving I love Kenny Galladay I know people are gonna think I'm hating on him and blah 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 I don't want to pay him but it's like there's just other receivers that I want better both in fantasy and in real life and I just gave them to you so there it is okay hey Kenny Galladay I know you're listening to the show so please I, I apologize for spelling your name please you know hit up Derek on Twitter let him know how you feel because <laughs> the slouch did it as, as well and we all heard about that <laughs> Oh my goodness. Kenny, you're the man. I love you on this team. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to pay you big bucks, but you've been balling out. Keep balling out and, and prove me wrong. But you can't really prove me wrong when I was the guy that found him. (laughs) You can't really prove me wrong when I was the only guy calling him out after his rookie year and you were sitting there. I don't know. He's okay. Maybe he's a three. I didn't, have, I didn't have my draft three by Mike five Murray card. In front of him. I would take Eddie Drummond in front of him. <laughs> I, I had him in the sucks category, but now I've got him in the he's good category. Hey, that's all that matters is two categories, man. It's very black and white. He sucks or he's great. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's do this while we catch our breath. Let's uh, let's uh, pay some bills here. Take a pause for the cause. All right, we'll do. I'm going to take a couple breaths and, and try to get my temperature down here. We'll be back after the break talking all things Grifka, the waffle maker, is getting me hot again here on a Friday. But I'm sure we'll have fun after the break talking Lions. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Uh, Talking Lions once again here on a Friday with the one and only Grifka. I think he called himself some type of legend earlier, a legend in his own mind, something like that. Uh, you know, you can find him at Grifka DKC on Twitter. Or if you want to tell me why Grifka is not a legend, you can always shoot that over to me at Derek Oakry. Um, on Twitter as well. We have a lot of fun on there going back and forth, just like we did in the last segment, Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, a guy that I pulled, but a guy that I've been a little hesitant on here in 2020 of what his ceiling is, but uh, really hoping he balls out for the Detroit Lions. So, Grifka, what else we got here on the back half of the show? You know, this is uh, all Derek. I want to talk about your boy, Kenny Galladay. Now I want to talk about your other boy. Been reading all the stuff, seeing all Taylor the stuff. Taylor Decker? 
Oh gosh, I forgot all about it. maybe next show, maybe next Friday we'll talk about Taylor Beckham. That'll just get under my skin. Yeah. Um, but uh, been reading all the stuff, seeing all the stuff. How T.J. Hawkinson is just you know so far is having a great training camp. Seems to be dominating a lot, making these great catches. Um, just a couple of questions for you on, on that. Uh, do you think this is the start where he takes a step forward? I mean, you really liked him last year. I was you know gave him some kind of mediocre stats. He got injured. Is this that step forward we're all thinking? Or does this have more to do with, like, maybe the Lions don't have the linebackers that cover the tight ends? Because we've often mentioned that the Lions have trouble covering tight ends. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's been an annual issue for this team. I'm, I'm really curious to see if they've shored that up with Jamie Collins. But, uh, hmm, this is a tough one for me. Last show, you uh, got me all depressed saying that I'm you're rubbing off on me and that my take sounded like something you would say. I've had to take a week to try to get out of that depression and, and hope that I'm not becoming Grifka DK. See, uh, but when you ask me about Hawkinson, like there's there's a weird part of me that's he's getting all the pub, he's getting the hype, and part of me's like I see it when I watch the clips and I watch the things on the Lions website, but there's something about it where I just don't see crazy stat line dominant, you know, fantasy type player in this guy in year two. And I remember having a talk with you after the draft, basically me and Hughes sort of attacking you on the draft call where you were just doing your shtick about, oh, he's a tight end and I don't take tight ends and what's his stats going to be, Oakry? That's what's going to justify. And I remember just continually saying to you, Grifka, I don't care what his stats are. I want him to block. I want him to catch. I want to move first downs and I want him to help this team win. And if he does that, I could care less what his stats are. And for all the hype he's getting and for the jump I'd love him to take in the stat department, I feel like I'm still wanting that here in year two. I want him to stay healthy. He's bulked up, so I'd like to be a little more of a, a beast in the blocking game. I feel like I was really disappointed last year with some of his physicality, and people were like, oh, you know, he's not being as physical because he had the concussion, and and he's scared about that, and he switched that stupid-looking helmet that he had, and then he tried to hurdle the guy and got hurt, and we all know how the ankle went at the end of the year. So it's like all these excuses for the guy. When I felt like he's going to come in here and be, um, you know, the – the the guy that Detroit just loved, you know, like a no nonsense, cool tight end, catch the ball, block, you know, just you know, hawk spike in the end zone and and just really find his groove, even if his stats were well, I think I projected him last year like seven hundred some yards and, and seven to ten touchdowns was sort of my my range and like say injuries and otherwise, you know, he really cut down on that. So in year two, I'm kind of I'm either there or lower in regards to his stats, to be honest. Like I'm more in the, you know, 600 yard range as well as maybe, you know, getting a little bit of bump in touchdowns anywhere from five to eight, you know, is kind of where I'd put him maybe in the score range. But like I say, I don't care about any of that. What I care about is, is he contributing to the team? Is he staying healthy? Is he being a little more gritty and grimy with the new, you know, uh, weightlifting he's done? And does he bring that energy? Like when I watched him in college, you would just see a fired up TJ Hawkinson after a catch, or you'd see a guy that would just make a great play and, you know, be really uh, impactful in that way. And I saw very little of that after the Arizona game, you know, saw some drop touchdowns. I saw some um, plays here or there, but nothing consistent that I could hang my hat on. So I'm tempering my expectations here in year two. I know I heard Tim 20 men and people today just going crazy about how this guy is going to be the, the can't miss player and he might score 10, 12 touchdowns and he's going to do all this. And I'm like, you know, Hawkinson just needs to have a really consistent good year from game one to, to week, you know, 16, 17, however many, hopefully he doesn't miss any ball games. And, and like I say, just be a Detroit favorite by the end of the year. I mean, he's got the crazy hair going now. He's got some of the mojo back. It's like, just be a guy by the end of the year, no matter what your stat line says, people are like, man, TJ Hawkinson had a hell of a year. You know what I mean? He's a great player on this team that can only get better in regards to his stats, the way he plays. And that's really what I'm hoping for. So, you know, again, don't, don't give me the, the stats or don't give me the Grifka projection. So you can be right at the end of the year. Let's just have a tight end where number 88 that we can all be proud of and that we're excited about. And that really helps this team get W's. So do you think it's more like all the work he's put in, or do you still think that the Lions still can't cover tight ends? Let's hope they can cover tight ends. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't really think like when somebody's tearing it up in Lions practice, I'm not that guy. You know, there's lots of them out there who say, oh, it's just because he's playing against the Lions defense. I don't ever really think that. I mean, I know me and you have been at practice and have, have, have seen some and you like to point it out more than I do about, oh, this guy can't cover a coffee table. This guy's slow. It's like, you know, we know they're not blazing linebackers and stuff, but we also have never seen Jamie Collins or, or some of these guys play and, and Hawkinson just seems like a nasty player in the red zone. You know, he's always getting open. He had a one-hand catch I saw on video. He had another um, great leaping touchdown catch. So I feel like he's put in the work. I mean, you can't have anything bad happen when you're working with George Kittle. I mean, this guy's a not only a beast on the field, he's got that mojo, that moxie that I want off the field or just in general for the love of the game. I think that rubbed off on him a little bit, it seems, too, where he's back having fun. I know in one of his interviews he said he's just having fun out on the field, which I didn't see a lot last year where I did see it in his college tape. So I think Hawkinson's got better physically, but I also think he's just got his, what did the old guy on the combine who used to do the weightlifting, get your stinking mind right. I think he's got his mind <laughs> right. And uh, he's uh, they call him the old meathead or whatever awesome. whatever the guy would say. I think he's he's got that all going for him. And I'm just excited to see what the kid can do. Um, even though I'm not putting, you know, him in this thousand yards or, or man, he's going to have 80 catches. Like, just go out and help the team, man. Be a good team player and have fun. When you make a play, celebrate, have fun with your teammates, all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm always like, you know, hey, what are the stats going to be? And it's going to be simply where he was taken. And my biggest argument always was, I mean, you're a top 10 pick. That's got to be your stalwarts. That's got to be your game breakers. That's got to be your franchise guys. So if he's just putting up mediocre stats continually, I mean, like 500 yards, eight touchdowns, that's a dime a dozen tight end. That means that to me, it's like you could have got that guy in the third round. You could have got a guy like that in the fourth round. You know, those are just mediocre stats for tight end. They, they really are to me. So you're taking this guy where you took him. This guy should be putting up. You're talking, like you said, George Kittle. And George Kittle was a fifth round pick, but we're talking Tony Gonzalez numbers. You better be looking for. So, and I can see why people are going to be like, you know, like, well, look at his stats. Look at his stats because it's all going to point to that first round pick. So hopefully him dominating does lead to that stuff. I mean, putting the work in, you know, and Tony Gonzalez, you know, said how great he could be. He's like, well, let's get together and do this. And he is working with George Kittle. And that's great. And George Kittle's like, I shouldn't be paid like a tight end. I should be paid like a wide receiver. I almost like want that for this guy when it comes to his big contracts. Just like, look at the numbers I put up. Look what I do for this team. And George Kittle's putting up those numbers where he can back it up saying, I'm your first option. I'm throwing up all these yards. That's what I, I want for this guy. You know, look where he's picked. I mean, you said you're, you're right. I hated the pick and I still hate the pick. I hate tight ends in the first round, especially that hot. <sighs> it's it's just one of those things like the guy better put up stats because if he's just putting up mediocre stats, like you said, you can go get Levine Toilolo and put up those stats. <laughs> you know, you can go get five uh, touchdowns out of Levine Toilolo and 400 yards. But, well, if he's a better blocker. I mean, you're right. Fans are, are going to say that. So if this is that big step where he's out dominating, like guys are hoping, I mean, you're, you said it before <sighs> the prior show, nobody's comparing him to Gronkowski. Fine. Okay. We're not talking Gronkowski, but okay. You want to be George Kittle? Go be, you know, go put up George Kittle stats. Good for so are, are you trying to get me, you're trying to get me upset right now. <laughs> no, I did that before the break. I, I'm trying to keep it calm. I can't do it twice. I, I don't want to have to send the paramedics over to your house. Okay, well, you know, don't say hot. don't say stupid crap like that again because that's the whole argument we had on draft days. You think that you're living back in like the the draft slotting days where the eighth pick because he makes all this money has to be this player or that player. That's not how it works anymore. Like the Lions could not have got a better tight end player in free agency the last couple years or any other way. So they would have had a bunch of slugs. Like you said, your boy, Levine Toy Lolo. What'd you like to say about him? Griffka back in the day. Hey, we might have something here, <laughs> but we knew we didn't have anything. We had a garbage can and we had no other tight ends. And, and so having TJ Hawkinson, whether you took him eight or in the middle of the third round, it doesn't matter because this guy wasn't going to be there in the third round. And he's going to be a, like, even the way he moves and the plays he's making in camp are very beneficial for this team, getting other guys open and doing lots of other things that he can do. These guys don't grow on trees. So yeah, you don't want to take him at eight, 
but nobody's guaranteeing that you were going to find Kittle in the third round, just like the Lions have missed a lot on on mid to late players. So I think you need to get off the whole draft stock. I mean, that's the reason you hated Eric Ebron. Oh, he's taken 10th. The the guy wasn't asked to be taken 10th. He was just taken there, and he didn't live up. And, and TJ Hawkinson, just because he didn't ball out year one, and the reason I'm tempered in year two is because we have Marv. We have Kenny. We have Danny. We have Swift. We have Carrion. We have all these different players, and it's like by year three, if a couple of those guys go away, yeah, he should be more of a number one target. Maybe we'll see those numbers come up anymore, but... You just couldn't find a player doing what he does. I think the guy's 22 years old right now. The type of upside and the just the ability he has other ways. You know, I know you like to think you can just find him in the fifth, sixth round any day you want. But we've seen with your draft record that you can't do that. So forget about where he was taken and just focus on what the player does for the team and get off his stats too because nobody's going to be looking at the stat book if the Lions win going, well, TJ Hawkinson only had 40 yards and four catches. They're going to be saying, we won the game and remember that first down he had or remember that red zone catch that got us up over the hump? That's what you're going to be talking about. So the stats in his draft stock, you just got to get off it, man. You got to let it go. Okay. What else we got? That's cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, one last thing really quick. Um Oh, and we talked about this guy in draft day, and I remember going back saying this guy would suck. I never thought he was going to be any good, um, simply because he always had these mounds of talent. And uh, he just never seemed to make anybody around him better. But down in Miami right now, uh, there's a battle for the backup <laughs> position with uh, Josh Rosen, former first-round pick. I mean, high first-round pick, very high first-round pick, and Tua Tungvalu. So, uh, obviously uh, – you know, Matt Stafford in a, in a couple of years is probably be moving on, retiring, something like that. Would you take a flyer on Josh Rosen or is this guy completely washed up? You know, <laughs> does it ever seem like he was really given a chance? You know, all you ever heard about how smart this guy was at football. He was always kind of like, you know, helping coach, you know, the team at high, in high school and college. But why has he been so crappy in the pros? You know? <laughs> Are you, are you ending the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Josh Rose? This is another guy you try to shoehorn into many episodes. I don't know if you're trying to pat yourself on the back again or or you, you're in love with this guy or you like to throw him in my face because I thought he had a little bit of moxie and, and, and throwing ability. Like, what is it with this guy? Why, why are we talking about Josh Rose? This guy kind of goes back to what we talked about on Wednesday's show. If you're selling blue jeans, this is the guy you want. He looks like your prototypical quarterback, tall, strong arm, <laughs> supposed to be smart. But for some odd reason, there's just what is it with this guy? It's just like, you know, could you know, could somebody turn this guy around where he kind of turns around and it's like, hey, where'd this guy come from? You know, or or is this guy completely, you know, on the washboard, you know, throw him out with the bathwater? Oh, Griff this will be a short topic and we can close up the show because Josh Rosen is not gonna come to Detroit. Uh, we have, you know, uh, uh, Matt Safford under contract for what, two to three more seasons. We have Chase Daniel here who gets along with him. He's a backup. They even have David Blau who they uh, enjoy or are trying to build. So there's no fit in Detroit. Now, I don't feel like Josh Rosen ever really got a fair shake to some degree, but he also, when he did get a couple shots out there, he really didn't play very well. And the whole thing with him was his personality. Like, you know, there's people out there, you know, me, you, and probably others included where, you know, uh, people just don't understand him or don't get him or don't get his humor or don't understand where he's coming from and he rubs people the wrong way. And I feel like Josh Rosen is just, he hadn't found that fit or that place that can understand his talent. They just, probably the players can't rally around him. And yeah, I don't know that he'll ever do anything at the NFL level unless he finds that right fit or gets an extended shot. Like, what's he supposed to do, playing a couple games here or there and then getting yanked and being under different coaches every year? Like, why would you expect the guy to be good? Everybody thought he was really talented coming out. He's never really found the right spot, and when he has, he hasn't shown out, so he'll probably be out of the league before you know it. But it doesn't mean the guy's a total just waste. It just means things didn't work out for him. There's been many players across the league where – they just didn't go to the right team, the right coaching staff, didn't know how to use them. I mean, we've seen that on the Lions with guys like, uh, um, gosh, what, why am I forgetting his name now? The linebacker that we got rid of that's balled out in New England. And, uh, oh, is Kyle Van Noy? Now? 
Yeah, Kyle Van Noy. We just used him horribly. He was a great football player. I wanted him. I drafted him in my little virtual draft when the Lions did with that pick. And they just never put him in positions to be successful. He goes somewhere else, and he's not only put in those positions, but the team believes in him, and away he goes. You know, he didn't forget how to play football. I think the same is true with Rosen. But there's no Detroit topic here. I mean, I like the guy to to get a fair shake, but I just I don't see him doing anything in the league. When we talked about him in that draft, I thought, hey, you got him at 10, or he slipped down the board. Maybe he'd get to sling it around and, and be in a good spot, but that just never happened for the guy. So it is what it is. I'm hoping that Stafford's here finish out his contract. And then I hope the lions will, you know, supplement a quarterback, you know, a year before he's out or, or whatever the case is. Cause we do need to think about the future a little bit here in the next couple of years, but hopefully Stafford plays well. And, you know, the lions need a, a real leader. That's the reason I was rooting for Tua a little bit this past year is because, I think that kid's got special it factor and that ability just to win ball games when all the chips are down. And that's what I think you really need at quarterback more so than the throwing or the size or whatever. You need a guy that's just straight up winner and that can galvanize men and and be a leader in the locker room. And the Lions need to sort of find out who that next guy is going to be. But hopefully we still got a couple good years with number nine, maybe even more than a couple, you know, maybe we could get two to four or five years out of that guy and then, and then deal with a quarterback on the back half of that. That'd be ideal for me. I hope he plays well and wins for you for the lions, but uh, yeah, hopefully we don't have to worry about quarterback for a while. So I'm excited to see Stafford slinging around uh, here in 2020. Stafford! <laughs> okay. Um, just to end it. I have to agree with you, Derek. (laughs) I thought you might. Now, Grifka, this is the other thing I thought you might, but I'm not sure. I had like a dream where I thought, you know what? I really need to ask this question to Grifka at the end of a show because I just have a feeling it's just something weird. He might have something astonishing, unbelievable, tremendous, just mind-blowing at the end of the show. So I just have to ask you simply this. Grifka, do you have anything else? For the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, thank you so much for listening here on a Friday. Uh, Grifka hopes you have a great weekend with his weather report. He actually told you to stay inside for once. Um, fun topics, talking about Kenny Galladay. He's my guy, even though I f- sound like I'm beating him up the last couple shows or not fully in his corner. I hope he has a great season. I can't wait till the Lions get kicked off. We've got a couple more weeks and we'll finally be playing real football if all goes well. So I'm excited about that. Everybody drink in that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll be back here next week on Wednesday and Friday, serving up that Honolulu blue Kool-Aid talking Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.